This episode is brought to you by the Arvada Center because they're kicking off their summer concert series in June. Relax under the stars at the Arvada Center's outdoor amphitheater and take in acts like Melissa Etheridge, Big Richard, Tower of Power, Preservation Hall Jazz Band, The Spin Doctors, and so much more. Concerts are scheduled for June through September. You can find a whole schedule of events and get your tickets today at arvadacenter.org. That's arvadacenter.org. Today on CityCast Denver. Looking for a quality meal with wine or dessert for around 50 bucks? We're diving into the Denver Metro restaurants that made the Michelin Star's Bib Gourmand list, plus musing about common consumption possibilities, giving our pumpkin spiciest takes, and serving up the official CityCast Denver maybe for your weekend. Today is Thursday, August 31st. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Producer Olivia Jewell-Love, hello. Hey, Brie. And newsletter editor Peyton Garcia, hi. Hi, Brie. So today, it's Thursday, we're talking about food. This is when we talk about food news because we, there's so much going on in our dining scene that we were like, we got to talk about this more often. And you have your finger on the pulse of it, Pay. Uh-huh. What was the What was the first story that caught your eye this week? Okay. It's obvious. We have to talk about the Michelin Guide. Yes. It's obvious. It's obvious. obvious. (laughs) Anyone who's anyone is talking about the Michelin Guide. Okay. For people maybe in the the room on this recording, like (laughs) myself, would you explain what the Michelin Guide is and why it's a big deal for Denver? Yes. Okay. So the Michelin Guide is like the most prestigious award you can get in the food world ever. they, They award stars to fine dining restaurants around the world and if you if you're at a restaurant that has a michelin star um it's a big 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 deal uh and they only are in certain places so they a few months ago or earlier this summer they announced that they were they were deploying their anonymous inspectors in colorado which is huge so they will be adding colorado to their very prestigious guide and i i think all summer people have been or these anonymous inspectors have been stopping at restaurants that they think are worthy and so in the food world everyone's kind of speculating what restaurants will get named what restaurants you know that they think are worth a star um in fact i'm i'm friends with the owner um at flagstaff in boulder and he said that um well I, you know i don't know how he knows but he was telling us that they had michelin inspectors come uh, and eat at his place and so like it's interesting to watch it from that side of things like a yeah. restaurant yeah. owner and he's like yeah we're just waiting to see what the results are so this is like a fine dining thing specifically i would say i'm gonna say no to that it okay. started as fine dining and now it's not so now really any restaurant oh. can can qualify for a michelin star it doesn't matter the type of cuisine um or the elevation and it's important to note that they're very they, they emphasize this fact a lot. It has nothing to do with the ambiance. It has nothing to do with the service. It has nothing to do with the decor. It has everything to do with what's on the plate. They say that they oh. give you a star based only what's mm. on the plate. I have thoughts about that once we get into this a little more. But it looks like it looks like what we're talking about here is is a little bit different than the Michelin star. Yeah, sorry. So <laughs> I can obviously go on and on and on. So yes, these are not the stars. Um, oh, the stars will be awarded. So they'll announce which Colorado restaurants in certain cities that they're checking out 
um, are going to get stars uh, at a ceremony um, September 12th. So mark your calendars for that. This is actually just Bib Gourmand Awards, which is just a, a tip of the hat. It's kind of just like a shout out. Um, uh, these get, these restaurants did not get stars, but they did get an honorable mention. And this honorable mention list actually focuses on being um, like best bang for your buck. I love this. Kinda. So they're they're kind of Michelin's budget friendly yes. options. Yes, interesting. I love, this. I love this. This is so much more accessible to a person like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's it's awarding. It's sort of like awarding something that's. Uh, good and quality and like you said, bang for your buck. But like, it's not like. Hmm. So this is what this is what the um, the Andrew Festa, who handles the external communications at Michelin North America, says. He says, "Quote: The Bib Gourmand amount can fluctuate often due to economic situations in different places. So now we define it as a high quality meal at a good value." So hmm. generally at Bib Gourmand restaurants in the U.S., one would be able to order two courses and a glass of wine or dessert for about fifty dollars. So okay, so fifty it's the bucks, fifty dollar, fifty bucks, you yeah. can get um, like one or two courses and glass of wine or a dessert. So and like good stuff. Yeah. So even though this isn't the Michelin star, this is still a big deal for restaurants to be recognized. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still, yeah, I think a huge deal to be to be recognized in this way. So the list of Bib Gourmands that they just released, I think, two days ago is AJ's Pit Barbecue. Been there. I went to a pig roast uh, with them one time. It was incredible. They're delicious. Uh, Ashkara, which is actually my old my former boss's restaurant, um, the publisher of Dining Out Magazine. They do Middle Eastern stuff. Cool. Uh, Basta in Boulder. Ginger Pig. Another really cool one um, started out as a food truck and is now a, has a brick and mortar in Boulder. No, in Denver. Um, really cool stuff as well. Glow Noodle House. They're actually brand they're new. They're brand um, new. Yeah. Yeah. Brand new, which I thought was so cool. And I went to them when they first opened and they did do really delicious stuff. Hop Alley. I've never been, which is embarrassing. To I can't admit. believe you've never been there. <laughs> I know. It's been on my list for like eight years. but I just never... Get around to going there. But it does not surprise me that they're on the list. Uh, La Diabla, Pozole y Mezcal. Um, that one's an obvious one. That one, uh, they just were listed on Bon Appetit's 2022 mm. Best New Restaurants. Um, and then their chef, Jose Avila, Avila mm. he uh, has he's a two-time James Beard Award semifinalist. Oso and Tavernetta. So that's the whole list of Bib Gourmand recipients, and I'm not surprised by any of them. Do any of those restaurants ring bells for you guys? Well, I I was surprised that a barbecue restaurant was on here. I'm gonna be honest. Like, th- I'm, this is coming from someone who's ca- from Kansas City, and I'm definitely probably a barbecue elitist. Um, and yeah, you all tend to be. Yeah. It's the one thing I hear <laughs> when you bring up Kansas much. City and barbecue. We don't have that much. So we got to hold on to what we do have. So so I I'm, I am I looked into this place a little bit. I haven't been here. I, I kind of just don't eat barbecue here because I'm... You're just like, why bother? Yeah, I, I have feelings, but I think they're rooted in personal loyalties to my hometown. Um yeah, I was I was surprised. Peyton, just oh, sort of to to put a bow on this. What do you think overall about um, just Colorado and Denver being acknowledged on the larger sort of dining global dining scene? 
I am so freaking excited. Me and my husband were, I kid you not, like, it was our pillow talk last night <laughs> talking about the Michelin Guide. And we just get so, like, juiced up about uh, food, the restaurant scene. Yeah, and it's just, it's so cool. And I just think that we're long deserving of this. I've been, since I entered the food writing world and, and the Denver food scene, like, I've been like, we're so underrated. People do not appreciate, um, like, how much we're growing and how much we've grown. It's just so cool. I'm just so stoked. I feel like it's, I, I've been waiting for this. So our next story is about uh, common consumption. Yeah. Yeah. So common consumption is, um, it's basically uh, open open liquor container laws. Oh, sure, sure. Um, yeah. So like how in Vegas and, you know, other places. New Orleans. Of, you can yes, wander around can, with, you can mm-hmm. wander from bar to bar with a drink. So yes, it's, it's open... Um, liquor container laws uh so that you can carry your drink wherever you want love it and we're just talking about denver right well okay so the reason i bring it up is because um arvada old town arvada which i think i've mentioned on the show before super super cool spot especially since they shut it down to um to make it pedestrian only since the pandemic it's a very very fun spot so anyways they their city council in arvada just approved common consumption licensing for Old Town. Um, so businesses can apply to to have that. So that just happened and they're going to get that ball rolling. And the reason I bring it up is because A, that's really cool. But B, Denver uh, approved licensing two years ago. Yeah. We did. And nobody's yeah. used it. It looks like, you know, some, some businesses have been applying for it and just it's been yeah. a lot of red tape. And, you know, it's been such a long process that nobody's gotten through yet. Yeah, that's kind of I what I'm surprising. understanding too is, is so according to the Business Den article that talks about Old Town Arvada approving common consumption, they're saying as of the writing of that article, which was published on August 22nd, there were still none in Denver that had been approved. Yeah. And then so I looked back at this Westward article that was written by our friend, former Westward writer, Connor McCormick Cavanaugh. Um, he wrote about this last year in February of 2022, a year since yeah. Denver had approved licensing, and he was implying that a ton of different businesses in Denver were g- undergoing the the application process. And like, if you read the article, he's like, "Oh, in in a couple of months, you know, Zeppelin Station's considering it, Milk Market's considering it, Dairy, you know, Dairy Block, McGregor Square, Art District on Santa Fe, Larimer Square. None of those places, though." Have gone it's now through in a with year. it. Yeah, I can't believe like Milk Market and the Dairy Block don't have it. Like that's insane to me. So I just wonder. I'm thinking about the consumption conversation around cannabis, and it's been really difficult as well. And I just wonder if this was just something that the former administration was not interested in. So it's not that they were making it harder, but they were just like not making it a priority. I just wonder what, yeah. the, I think the question is, what's the holdup? That's really the That's question is like, question. is this a red tape? What's the red tape about? Why is this, totally. why is this not happening? Because like you said, Olivia, like milk market, it makes sense. Cause I'm thinking about even just like when I was a drinker, if I was hanging out on South Broadway and we're on a patio, we're drinking drinks and then we want to go see our friends next door. It's like you chug the drink yeah. you have, <laughs> you set down your cup and you go to the next place and you order another drink. And like, I could see where it might even it might even make it uh, more chill because people are not mm-hmm. slamming drinks to get to the next place that they're going to go hang out at. Well, also, I would think yeah. it would foster kind of more of a like 
community business relationship between these local businesses True. because then they're kind of leaning on each other you know as people and not necessarily just like competing yeah as people mill through the businesses they're you know maybe consuming something from another business so i don't know it seems yeah. like I don't yeah know. i mean it does it does seem like the implication is that it's um a really like arduous yeah. process and that it's like really complex and it's it's easy to want to just bail on it but um, something else that was mentioned in the article is um, staffing shortages. Mm. Still, people are struggling to bounce back from um, from staffing shortages. I, I mean, I don't know. I, it's it, yeah. But would that be in like excise and license or like? I mean, I think on the restaurant side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, think about it's like it's a new set of regulations that they'd have to uh, put into effect. They'd have to train folks. They'd probably it just feels like it's like anything else. Whenever you add. So I was thinking about this a lot lately. But like when you add a service for the customer, but you don't add more employees yeah. to make that service available, it can kind of gum it all up. Yeah. So I could see where restaurants and bars are like not they're kind of on the fence about even trying because they're trying to keep people they're trying to keep employees in the first place and something that would require mm-hmm. them to add more employees is just going to be low on their priority list right. um but what i'm interested in here pay is old town arvada is now on board yes. maybe they're going to get it done it and so denver will sense. see how old town does it yeah i mean this is definitely something i'm going to keep my eye on because i, I think it'll be successful in a place like old town arvada and i think you're right brie if we if we see it successful there and Denver businesses see it work out there, um, I'd be interested to see if, if things speed up over here in Denver. But I, I would just love to know what what the holdup is and why why restaurants haven't done it yet. Small plug for um, my friend Riley Dunn over at the Arvada Press. She um, keeps up with everything Arvada. So I'm sure that she'll be keeping an eye on what's happening over there. And we'll put a link to some of her stories in the show notes. Cause I think Olivia, I think it's great. Cause sometimes folks don't even realize that our smaller communities have their own reporters. And this is where someone like Riley is like on top of it, yeah. helping us figure it out. Yeah. Um, but I, I would love to know what our listeners think about common consumption, mm-hmm. because I know, again, a lot of folks have moved here from other places. Maybe if you're from somewhere else this, where this worked really well or it didn't work, let us know what you think. Uh, you can call our, <laughs> should we be able to, what is this? Drinking the, Outside the, Hotline. The drink, yeah, the Drinking Outside Hotline at 720-500-5418. You can also call that number with any tips or thoughts. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we've got a question for you all, the listeners, and uh, some best bets for your weekend. This episode is brought to you by Pine Melon, the farmer's market delivered. Pine Melon is a next generation grocery delivery app that partners with over 200 farmers, ranchers, and producers in Colorado to help make fresh, locally sourced foods available to the Denver community at fair prices. Get high quality meats, eggs, and dairy from small local farms, fresh baked breads from local bakeries, and more, as well as all of your favorite pantry staples. Best part is Pine Melon offers same day delivery to Denver and soon Boulder within a two hour window, no subscription necessary. Save time in your busy schedule and get fresh and healthy groceries delivered right to your door. Join the movement and support local today. Use promo code CityCastDenver for $75 off your first delivery at pinemelon.com. 
That's pinemelon.com. Tis the season for some of you. It's <laughs> we're, I, I, it's still August. I just want to put that out there. It's still August. But some people, like my cousin Jerry, I'm talking to you, who's already talking about Halloween, and it's only August. Shout out, Jerry. But, <laughs> Jerry's, Jerry's my resident Halloween freak. She loves Halloween. But pumpkin spice is part of the fall everything and i think that this is already rolling out in the food world hey you really wanted to talk about pumpkin beers love love them hate them what's the deal yes that's that's the question i want to pose to our foodie listeners this week and to you and olivia pumpkin pumpkin beer because i i think fall is official once pumpkin spice lattes debut Mm -hmm. and once pumpkin beers start hitting shelves um, so I kind of wanted just your guys' opinion, your takes on pumpkin and what is your go-to pumpkin beer or go-to pumpkin delicacy for the season? <laughs> oh. Olivia, do you have any takes on pumpkin? I love pumpkin. Call me basic. I don't care. I love pumpkin. So good. You know, the first day it came out, I texted Peyton. We were going into the office and I was like, can you bring me a pumpkin spice latte, please? And she did. So shout out Peyton for being number one. (laughs) I need it. I don't care if it's 800 degrees. I just, that's why, that's why we have ice. We make it iced. Um, Do they do iced pumpkin? Of course they do. Of course they do. That just feels counterintuitive. Why? Why Why can't we have cold pumpkin? It's fine. It's delicious. I mean, also, climate change is telling me that yeah. it might be hot into like November. So don't say fine. that. But <laughs> Bray, what are you? What do you think about pumpkin? Season? I have to say, this is one of those things where I genuinely, wildly enough, do not have a take. She's a I think hater. It's fine. She's a. Ha- she doesn't I, like I mean, I think it's. I think it's fine. I don't. I don't dislike it. I just like. No, if only you don't love pumpkin, Brie. Yeah, she's she's a pumpkin it. hater. I eat pumpkin pie once a year at Thanksgiving, and I have one slice, and I slather it in a Cool Whip, and that's the one time I consume pumpkin something, and it's good, and it's that's the the purpose it serves. I can't say I want it. My coffee, nah. It's no, not- see, there's there's no gray area. It's black and white. You love pumpkin, <laughs> yeah, or you're, I agree because you're out. I of got it. that first taste of it. I don't care. It was so hot that day. I got that first taste of it though, and I started going feral. I was like, oh my god, I need pumpkin, and I was literally like the like scary white girl of your nightmares, just like give me pumpkin, and I like I I was like I'm going to need to take out like alone to be able to do this at Starbucks. So I went and bought pumpkin syrup so I could make it at home so I could feel better about myself. Yeah. You're so good yeah. at making things at home. Well, I, I, I was going to go broke. I was going to go broke. I needed I it. I'm like Olivia. I I am obsessed with pumpkin season. I want pumpkin everything. Yes. Pumpkin in my coffee. Pumpkin in my chai tea. Yeah. Pumpkin um, in... I, if I could have pumpkin pie every yes. night all year mm. round, I would. It's a vegetable. I love it. And pumpkin beers are huge. Like I'm not I'm not even a big beer drinker anymore. But pumpkin beer season, I'm I'm a I'm a beer connoisseur. And I shout out to um Four Noses who has long had my favorite pumpkin beer, Paul's favorite too. Huh. Um but there's there's so many every brewery does a variation of pumpkin beer now. And I do wanna know what the best are. So like listeners, send me in your favorite pumpkin beers because I'm I wanna make a curated list. That's that's great. So yeah, if you want to send us send us your list, you can uh, email pay directly denver at citycast.fm. If you have recommendations on where to go to get your favorite pumpkin flavored beer, um, you can also give us a call on the pumpkin spice all the time hotline 720-500-5418. Well, uh, the other thing that we do every Thursday now is we 
Peyton picks out four events for your weekend, your upcoming weekend. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, stuff to do. We know Denver, the Denver Metro is full of awesome things to do. And Peyton Peyton literally looks at these listings every day. So you're kind of an expert on Denver events. And we're going to pick... Uh, the CityCast Denver official maybe for your weekend is it maybe you'll see us there. Peyton's going to give us four picks. Olivia and Peyton and I are going to decide which one we think we might go to. And let's start. What's our first one? Yeah. Okay. This one I'm so freaking excited about. It's at Wings Over the Rockies. I feel like I've been We do yeah. love Wings Over the Rockies. <laughs> they just do cool stuff. This they have a great really cool building. Though. It's beautiful. Yeah. Wings Over the Rockies. So all weekend... Um, for the long weekend, they have this historic C-47 airplane on display at their flight campus in Englewood. So not only do you get to walk around and tour it, which I'm a big fan of. I love going and touring submarines and old aircrafts, and it's just a really fun thing to do. <laughs> I, learned, um, I learned more about you somehow, even though we've been I working know. together for almost three years. I didn't Such know you were. Such a quirky lady. I, yeah. <laughs> old ships. Old submarines, oh, old airplanes. Oh, it's legit. Interesting. It's so fun. So not only can you tour it, but if you have $275 to spare, no. you can take a flight in it. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Me, Are you going to so do that, for, pay? No, heck no. I don't have that kind of, <laughs> kind of money. But I will walk around in it. Wow. That's cool. Okay. Next thing I wanted to plug is a city park lake cleanup. Simple. Easy. Volunteer. Get together with the community, collect trash from City Park Lake, make it safe for all of our geese and ducks and other oh, birds. I love this. Yeah, it's just sometimes it's just nice to give back, and and it's not always easy to find volunteer opportunities like that. Um, also, like yeah. I, again, we we hear from listeners and readers all the time that they're looking for ways to meet people. Maybe they're new to the city. I always say this: volunteer events are a great way to connect with people who care about the same things you care about. So you can go and help the community and maybe make some new friends. I don't know. All right. Next one. Uh, Brewfest and baseball. So Mm. Coors Field is hosting Brewfest, which is featuring local and regional breweries. um, And you get to sample all their beers. But there is something at stake. Your vote will help decide which brewery gets a special tap at the rooftop bar for <laughs> April 2024 slash opening day. So you get to help decide that. And then you stick around and you get to watch the Rockies lose to the Blue Jays. <laughs> I love that they're just leaning into the fact, though, that I think our uh, friend of the show, Jake Shapiro, called it like Coors Field is like Lodo's best bar. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really why people go there. It's like it's the fun. Rockies suck. People want the Monforts to sell totally. them and get out of town. And we really know you just go to party. So yeah. why not go drink some cool beers and maybe root for your favorite brewery to have a, a tap at the best bar in town? That's the fun. rooftop. Yeah. I was kind of thinking it was going to yeah. be more more contentious, though. I was thinking, like, they're going to knock out the worst one. Like, the worst one has to leave town. <laughs> like, the worst brewery, they're getting out of town. Leave Colorado because there's so many <laughs> no, breweries let's here. Let's be honest. Bree's right. They just want to get people to the field. Um, they want to trap you into watching a game. Yeah. So they're like, if we get them here and they with their favorite beer yeah they, yeah they can't leave. leave they've been drinking so then they'll have to watch the rock yeah, they also like book up all the ubers they're like sorry there's no escape yeah yeah <laughs> you're stuck okay okay so that's the the brew fest at coors field okay yep, yep. and fine what's um, our final event pick our last one 
Hmm, which one do I want to pick? Mm. I'm going to say we're going to do the Amor a la Mexicana. Oh. So it is a celebration that is happening at the historic old St. Cajetan. I think oh. is how you say it. Church? St. Cajetans, yeah. Cajetans. Yeah, I, I want to say that people probably say it differently, but in I've never heard anyone else call it anything other than St. Cajetans. Wow. So. Okay, I like that. Um, St. Cajetans. Uh, anyways, uh, that's a historic church, right, Bree? It's on the Auraria campus. Yeah. So the historic. So what's interesting is the historic church is still on the campus. It's this beautiful community space. The congregation actually moved over to my neighborhood in Southwest Denver, and there's a yeah, new. Yeah, that's quote, right. There's a quote new St. Cajetans. It's probably been there for forty or fifty years, actually. But but the building itself on on Auraria campus is gorgeous, and I just feel like every time you're in there, it just it feels so good. It's it was really the hub of the Auraria community. Yeah, and that's really why I wanted to pick this one because it just looks stunning. It's and so awesome. this is an event celebrating uh, Mexican culture. So there's going to be cultural dancing, Mexican tapas, live mariachi, and then tequila and mezcal sampling. Mm. If you go to the website um, for Amor a la Mexicana, uh, they have a promo video and it looks like a great time. Ooh, that, that sounds, sounds awesome. Dang. I, I'm a fan of anything yeah. happening at St. Cajetan. You had so. me at mariachi band. Uh, this sounds awesome. This is so cool. Well, we'll put all the information in the show notes as we do. But we have to pick. You guys, we yeah. have to pick one mm. of these. So we've got I touring mean, the old airplanes. We've got a cleanup for the environment. We've got um, a brew fest at Coors Field. And then we've got a celebration of Mexican culture here in Denver on Auraria campus. What are you Olivia, thinking? where are you leaning? I'm curious. Hmm. I'm probably. I'm. I'm kind of thinking. Like, I'm not. I'm not a baseball girl or a beer girl. But for some reason, like, I kind of like the beer competition at the the stadium. <laughs> I'm thinking because my bestie's coming into town this weekend. It just sounds kind that of that would be something to impress her. Yeah, honestly. kind of a fun way to take her into the heart of you know downtown and yeah, get her to the stadium and be like, look. Here's I'd be baseball. <laughs> I'd be honestly. I like the Rockies merch. I'm really yeah, like, it's I like aesthetic. I like their, the purple, <laughs> the aesthetic it's purple. It's cute. We love it. So I, and I don't, I don't drink that either. But I, I'm down. I, 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 I haven't been to Coors Field all summer. Yeah, this, Maybe this is the time. The stadium's fun. I could use a hot dog. Yeah, <laughs> they got biker gyms there, <gasps> which is they why do. I go for the hot exactly. dogs. So let's let's go eat biker gyms hot dogs. So our official CityCast Denver, maybe for your weekend, is the Brewfest at Coors Field. But there's way more where that came from. You can uh, subscribe to our newsletter, Hey Denver, that comes out five days a week. And every day, Peyton's got events for you. And you can sign up for that at denver.citycast.fm. Become a subscriber, hear more from Peyton, and... uh, Help us. You can also always send us events, too. If you've got a cool thing going on, Denver at CityCast.fm is a great way to reach us. Uh, Olivia, Peyton, thank you so much. Thanks, Bree. Oh, yeah. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell someone you suspect is a Michelin inspector about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye. American capitalism is wild, you guys.